very famous verse of Scripture, 1 Chronicles 12.32, says that the men of Issachar understood the times and knew what Israel ought to do. 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their control. Think about this, understanding the times. When I hear that phrase from 1 Chronicles 12.32, I think of discernment. I think of, of accurately assessing where we are in light of Christ's great commission. And what should we do as a church? as a family, as individuals. Welcome to the program, Alex McFarland here. So glad you're listening. A good Monday to you. The good Lord has given us a brand new week. It's Monday, and you are listening to the American Family Radio Network, and I'm very honored to be with you. Got a great show right now, and in just a moment, we're going to talk with a guest uh, about, uh, well, about a lot of things, about the church's role in politics, about Black Lives Matter, Kevin McGarry in just a moment. But I, w- I do want to welcome you, and I want to uh, say a big thanks. I know we've got listeners in Texas, great state of Texas. I was just in Hutchinson, Texas. Now, folks, many of you were there. We had a great conference and fellowship of, of hope there in Hutchinson, Texas. Pastor C.F. Hazelwood, who is, in addition to being a pastor, is leader of all of the prison chaplains in the state of Texas. And then Tim Ramsey, just an incredible man of God, leading youth and college students to Christ. Uh, I was there, um, I was on the road last week. I was in Colorado teaching biblical worldview and broadcasting with AFR. Then I went to Texas Friday, and we were in front of so many uh, groups, and listen to this, folks. Teaching Biblical Worldview to Moms and Dads, and Will and Miki Addison were there. And uh, hey, I get excited. I love to preach and teach, but I want to tell you something. When Miki Addison is on the stage, you better bring your A-game, because that is an amazing woman of God. And I just want to say to all the people in Texas, there were several folks who drove long distances, got a hotel room, stayed... And we had a great weekend of learning biblical worldview, had great services yesterday. I spoke to some youth. I preached in two services uh, there at Fellowship uh, Church in Huntsville, Texas. But here's the thing, and this brings me to my guest coming up, understanding the times. Uh, I have ministers that, that sort of reprimand me, and they'll give me a slap on the wrist, and they'll say, Alex, you know the church is not to be involved in politics, And then I've had ministers and fellow Christians, if I speak about politics and the state of the nation, and they'll say, well, hey, Alex, I thought our home was in heaven. I didn't know that we were supposed to build a kingdom in this world. And so there's almost this assumption that there's a mutual exclusivity. Is there? Uh, If if I'm caring about the culture of, of our nation, and the political makeup of Washington, does that mean I've necessarily abdicated my role to live in light of heaven and eternity? We'll talk about that. Just a couple of things. I want to ask uh, everybody, please be in prayer for the Ukraine. I'm sure you are. The whole wide world is watching that scenario unfold, and um, both uh, the Red Cross and our own government and ministries like Samaritan's Purse are doing their best to get over there. It is a humanitarian crisis of uh, the scale of which we just don't even fully know at this time. But uh, we need to pray for the Ukraine. And there are a lot of Christians over there, a lot of missionaries uh, and believers. And then the Russian people, 
that um, are speaking out against the war and Putin face repercussions. So we really need to pray. And our own nation, gas, uh, in uh, one part of California, they said gas was $6 a gallon over the weekend. Uh, inflation that we've not seen the likes of for decades. So there's there's a lot going on. But um, I want to, and then I've got several things going on this week. Tomorrow, I ask for your prayers. I'm going to be taping two television programs with Will Graham. You know, we've had him as a guest many times, Will Graham, the son of Franklin Graham, and now uh, director of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and The Cove. Just a lot of good things going on. And um, we'll keep you abreast of not only the prayer needs of the world, but ministry opportunities and ways that uh, via radio and public events, you, know, you and I can stay engaged, folks. But uh, right now, I want to bring somebody to the, the phone. Uh, I've just been very impressed as I've learned about Kevin McGarry. And uh, he's an author, he's a public speaker, he he talks about politics and encourages uh, uh, leaders and pastors to live with honesty and integrity, and uh, he is also president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation of California, committed to providing political advocacy and education to communities of color about, now listen to this, the proper role of government and uh, ensuring freedom and liberty and justice. Uh, A lot I could say, but I want to give ample time to get to know and to hear from Kevin McGeary. Kevin, thanks for holding and Thanks for getting up early because you're on the West Coast, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. Good morning, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm really honored. Well, well, thank you. And uh, I'm on the East Coast where it's, you know, 10 after 10. You're you're on the West Coast. Now, are you in California, Kevin? I am. I am, yeah. So, uh, you know, $7 gas, here we come. <laughs> oh wow! Crazy. Well, listen. We, uh, I, I think, much of Christian America is very concerned for the people of California. And uh, but thanks for thanks for soldiering on, and thanks for getting up to converse with us today. But uh, tell us about the 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 content of Character Ministries and the the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Yeah, so the uh, content of character uh, series that we've been doing around the country um, really is available to any and all churches. It's uh, being uh, sponsored and promoted by the Salt and Light Council. So Salt and Light, I think you can go to saltandlight.org and find out more information about the content of character series. But fundamentally what we do with that is we go around and we help people to connect the dots between culture uh, culture and society, and um, and the, the the gospel, the word of God, and uh, so we we help uh, people to understand that there is an active role that every Christian should be taking uh, in every domain of life, including politics. So, um, whereby some will say, "No, that's not the role of the church." Uh, excuse me, Exodus eighteen is quite clear when uh, God told Jethro exactly uh, how to build a, a, a equ- equitable republic, uh, and then he passed that on to uh, Moses, and Moses uh, then passed that on to the people and used the guidelines that God himself gave him, gave him about how to build uh, how to build that you know, po- policy, uh, politics and policies within the children of Israel as they were going, uh, you know, growing uh, and going. So uh, it is important. It's 
uh, part of God's mandate for us. If you read yes. Exodus 18, uh, 20 through the re- remainder of the chapter, or 18 through, 18, 18 through the rest of the chapter, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. I won't have time to go into it here. But uh, when we don't get involved in politics, we have in a society that grows like what we have right now. Right now, there, look, the condition of America is a report card of the church. Um, the church should have had much more impact in culture. And uh, now we see, you know, this clear demonism rampaging on every side. And then the, you know, people in the body of Christ are caught flat-footed wondering, well, what happened? What happened to my children, my grandchildren? Why are they so, why can't I uh, reach them? Why can't I reach them for God? Well, <laughs> you've absconded your responsibility, and uh, now it's time yes. for us to reclaim that. So we, we help people to understand that content of character. The Frederick Douglass Foundation uh, here in California, we help uh, to connect uh, churches uh, and help them to understand that they the, the mandate is to vote biblically. And uh, so it's not even about party politics or any of that. But we can and should be involved in civic engagement and, and using the Bible and the character and uh, likeness of God to uh, lead us into those uh, those public offices. So anyway, that's that's kind of the, what we do with both of those organizations. Okay, well, Kevin, I, I'm so honored to get to know you, and our, our mutual friend Jackie Jones has put you and I together, and I'm, I just appreciate you so much. And uh, so I want to I want to well, set you. a question up, and I might articulate this awkwardly. I might not come across as. Uh, uh, smoothly as I would like, but I, I'm going to throw this question out. Uh, several, a decade ago, I read Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s book, Why We Can't Wait, a uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning book from 1963. I would encourage everybody to read it. It, it really is a, an amazing, wonderful work steeped in Christianity and biblical worldview, and it's his manifesto for the civil rights movement and the foundation stone all people are made in the image of God. But there's a line in there, Kevin, where Dr. King said, and this is a pretty much verbatim quote, that it would be disastrous for black America to wind up in the hip pocket of any one political party. Mm-hmm. And and he, he basically says, don't go with party, go with principles. And mm-hmm. I remember reading that, and yet... To a large degree, that 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 has been what has happened. So here's the thing, um, I, and I know many many black Christian leaders, pastors, and laity, and they love the Lord Jesus, they love the Word of God, and yet ninety percent of the time they vote Democrat. Why why is this? And and if I'm not asking, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, that's a that's a great question, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X actually had the exact same perspective. Malcolm X went further and he says, look, uh, blacks are political chumps. If you allow sort of these, these, these liberal Democrats to lead you around by the nose, you don't hold them accountable. Uh, do your own research, go to uh, YouTube and try to find that Malcolm X political chumps speech. He actually said, uh, it's a travesty that blacks would tether themselves to any party. Every party should be held accountable to the things that are important to, to the black community. So 
reality is, is we have a lot of political chumps out there, Mark uh, Malcolm X's own words, and uh, uh, who continue to vote party uh, before the word of God. Now, I've confronted a few pastors on this and say, look, uh, it's clear to me uh, your religious stance, uh, your religion is your party. And they say, oh, no, no, yeah, well, how are you going to say that? I say, look. Before you go to vote, you don't you don't consult God. You don't, you could care less what God's word says about uh, these these vital issues. You strictly go to party. That is your altar. That is your God. That is your religion. You won't admit it, but just based on actions, you know we're supposed to be fruit inspectors. Just based on the fruit, Amen. I can declare that flat footedly. <laughs> yeah, I just that's uh, Matthew seven twenty. Yeah. Matthew seven twenty. Yeah. By your fruits, you will know them. That's right. So I mean, you know, there. So it, it is a stronghold. It is based on tradition. It is based on uh, you know relative ignorance and a lack of of, of due diligence and uh, and laziness. Quite honestly, there's a lot of people that just don't want to dig into the details to really find out what's going on because they're smitten do- by tradition. So. Do, do you see a change coming? Do you, do you see um, black leaders beginning Absolutely. to say, hey, "Oh, praise God!" Yeah, yeah. So the change is coming. Uh, I don't, I don't know about so much within black leadership, but within a black community, yes, we began to see it in the last ele- in the election before last, and then the last election. Unfortunately, all the results aren't um, properly conveyed, but but you know, we we saw that there was huge sway. Uh, last election, especially with black males uh, voting differently. And uh, no, so, I mean, the change is coming, but the black uh, church is still relatively uh, smitten by party, and the black church leadership is, is definitely so. And that's a, that's a, that's a tougher goal. Uh, this is the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarlane here. So honored you're listening. We have the privilege. We're speaking with Kevin McGarry talking about uh, politics and the church and black America. And I I can't wait to continue to glean the wisdom from him uh, as we come back. So stay tuned. We've got a big show. Alex McFarland here on the American Family Radio Network. First Chronicles 1232, understanding the times that the people of God may have discernment and be the salt and light that God has called us to be. Stay tuned. We're going to come right back with more on the American Family Radio Network and Kevin McGarry. Don't go away. Judy Goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation. What we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about. So we got very, very excited about this opportunity. With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come. We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so... We just are really just trying to pray through it, and God gave us great confirmation as we prayed that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net. 
God can use persecution to strengthen the church and individuals within it. Persecution is granted to us. Don't miss this. What an honor to be chosen to follow in the footsteps of Christ, to die like the thief beside him, so that men enslaved to sin can see the gospel written in our flesh and believe. Gain more perspective on persecution with Jordan Shambly's article, The Victorious Persecuted Church, in the Fall 21 issue of Engage Magazine, or visit EngageMagazine.net. To sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ, That is the mission of the Christian Worldview Radio Program. I'm host David Wheaton, inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on American Family Radio. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Later on in the show, we're going to have Nina May, who was there on January 6th. We hear so much about uh, what happened January 6th, 2021. But right now, we're talking with Kevin McGarry. And uh, brother, I just want to say thank you so much for just um, what you're doing to serve people and get people educated that, you know, the narrative if people only watch network news, they just hear one side of the story regarding black, white, politics, racism, and you're giving us a lot of enlightenment. I really appreciate that, folks. This is Alex here. Uh, You're listening to AFR. And by the way, if you recognize my voice, it's probably because of a show called Exploring the Word that is heard every afternoon, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern, and so forth. Bert Harper and I will uh, resume again today, as we always do, teaching the Word of God and taking Bible questions. But I want to continue uh, my conversation with Kevin McGarry. Uh, by the way, for those that may just be tuning in, Kevin, if you would give your website and um, and your your main uh, ministry and activity, please. All right. So, uh, I, well, I have by God's grace, he's, he's put my hands to the plow on a number of initiatives. One is the content of character. One is uh, the content of character series by uh, via Salt and Light uh, Council. The, the other is the Frederick Douglass Foundation of California, and then the other is Every Black Life Matters, and that's uh, that's the one that's uh, much more recent and that we're doing profound work on on a daily basis and moment to moment basis across America. And uh, you could find that. Uh, what we're doing there and what that's all about at everyblm.com, everyblm.com. 
every BLM, and what is the main thrust of of that? I, I think I might know, but yeah. every Black Life Matters. I, I love that title, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about, uh, and you actually covered this, uh, you know, by some of your talking points already, Alex. You've done a great job at really bringing out some of this stuff. Here's here's the deal. Uh, we saw a couple of years ago uh, the outcome of George Floyd in uh, that whole uh, horrible situation. I mean, we saw nine and a half minutes of somebody putting their uh, knee on the neck, and then we saw the uh, basically our urban centers uh, across America beginning to burn. What was most troubling about that, Alex, is we saw uh, men and women of God encouraging their parishioners to get out there and march and torch and do and, and, and riot, basically, with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Um, now, some, all of them would say, no, 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 we weren't encouraging them to do those activities. But, you know, the reality is, is that when the churches did go out, I didn't see any churches uh, trying to calm them, trying to uh, assuage their grief and sorrows about the George Floyd situation, praying for them, encouraging them to, uh, you know, and just encouraging them to take a, a more peaceful, godly approach to uh, how to uh, actively protest, which is our right, and we can do that, but not riot. And uh, right. so the churches were complicit with that. And so we said, look, this is problematic, because when uh, these pastors go back and they do a little research on BLM, they'll realize that everything BLM stands for is antithetical to what we stand for as body of Christ. I mean, they're they're anti-family, anti-father, they're anti-God, they're, anti, you know, by virtue of the witchcraft and incantations and those types of things, they're, they're, they're anti-life, uh, they're pro-abort, they, they, you know, Planned Parenthood, is, they sponsor them in a huge way. So we said, look, we, we need to uh, come up with a way, an alternative, a uh, that would give uh, people of faith, people of moral character, the ability to come alongside of sincere work to uh, actually stand for black life. So we called it Every Black Life Matters, because from conception to natural death, uh, every phase of black life, there there are you know various plights still. And, and, uh, and what's, I, I've got to ask this, what have been the response of of uh, of you know, fellow African Americans, because you know, when I was talking to a, a black pastor who's a, a dear friend of mine, uh, probably the third largest black church in America, um, and he he said, "You can't say Black Lives Matter," and I said, "Well, I've read their website and and know as a Christian, as a Bible believer, and as a constitutionalist, I can't stand with the ideology behind Black Lives Matter." But d- does every Black Life Matter? Obviously, yes. And every life matters. And he said, no, yeah. Yeah. I want you to say black lives matter. And I said, well, yeah. black lives do matter, but not in the sense of that political ideology. And, I mean, we were at like an impasse. Uh, and and my yeah. insistence that every human life matters, um, yeah. he, he construed that as not being willing to deny racism. So what has been yeah. the response of some of your fellow colleagues, brother? Quite, quite honestly, it's been muted, and the reason why is because they are smitten with Marxism, and they, they'll every okay. Let's let's face it; uh, these pastors will disagree and say, "No, no, 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 no." But again, like we talked about in the last segment, we have to you know strictly look at fruit because you know a lot of these pastors are just not either they're uh, completely blind to their actions or they're just not willing to stand on truth and, and declare the truth. Their heart is elsewhere. And so, um, 
And so it's been muted in the black church. And, and, and for, for most white churches and, and uh, multi-ethnic churches, it's been, it's been fantastic because they wanted an alternative. Here's the thing. Uh, what we are seeing with every black life matters is indeed every life matters and all lives matter. If you go to our website, there's an actual article I wrote about that. The reason why we're every black life matters is because if you were to put T-O-O on the back end of it, it would make it more complete. Every black life matters, too. The reality is, is that Margaret Sanger, when she said, look, we want to fully exterminate uh, the Negro population. Margaret Sanger, of course, is founder of Planned Parenthood. Uh, right, she didn't right. say, you know, the black and Hispanic populations or the black and Asian population. She said black we want to exterminate black. And unfortunately, Planned Parenthood has done a masterful job at it uh, to date. And so if you're going to stand up for every life matters or all life matters, guess what? Uh, you have to stop the genocide first. That's your first declaration that indeed every life matters. You stop the genocide. That's it. That, that, that proves it. And right now there's black targeted genocide happening in our community. And so if you are an advocate for all lives matter, every life matter, guess what? We're, that, that, that's our message. Every black life matters because we're disproportionately targeted. We're disproportionately, uh, uh, you know, kept it, you know, prevented from experiencing life like all other ethnicities are to the extent that blacks make up uh, 40, over 40 percent of the abortions, but only 13 percent of the population. So it's, it's extremely disproportional. And uh, so anyway, so that's that's the whole, uh, you know, how we've come to be. That's what we stand for. And um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's been it's been an awesome. We've got a lot of support, but we need more corporations. We actually we need some corporations. We have no businesses or corporations to date. And why is that? Because you got well, tons of them uh, lining up behind uh, Marxist anti-law enforcement, anti-civil society organization like BLM, and no rebuke, no condemnation, no renouncement of what BLM is doing or has done, uh, especially yeah. if they've been very uh, poor acting towards uh, uh, the families of law enforcement who have been slaughtered. Um, yet we have these corporations. We have the NBA. We have Major League Baseball. We have NFL. We have everybody still lined up behind them. Why? Why? Hmm. I don't understand. You know. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, we're, we're the alternative to that. Right, uh, and and you have had major, I mean, goodness, major corporations from, you know, software companies like Cisco, uh, Microsoft, you know, all the the big social media platforms, PayPal, and uh, goodness, I, I I saw posters in like McDonald's, you know, fast food. Um, yeah. W- what's been the response to um, to every Black Lives Black Lives Matter your your ministry organization? from companies do, do they do companies get that really by jumping on the BLM bandwagon they're really undermining America I mean what what's been the response when you've tried to talk to some of them yeah so uh, we haven't had the opportunity to talk to hardly any because we can't even get in the door because uh, they are smitten uh, there's there's a certain amount of, of real cognitive dissonance when it comes to BLM uh, even though BLM is under investigation in multiple states, there's all kinds of malfeasance with, with uh, you know, donors and, and the use of funds and all of that kind of stuff. Even though they fund, fully funded Act Blue, which was the 
Democrat Party uh, apparatus last time. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're still beyond reproach, and these corporations don't even give the time of day, quite honestly, to, to organizations like ours, who has none of that garbage. Um, that no question the prevailing narrative. Yeah, yeah, that question. Well, we don't even question a prevailing narrative. Black lives do matter. But before you could say black lives matter generally, every single black life would have to matter specifically. And if every black life doesn't matter specifically, but you say black lives matter generally, then you, sir, ma'am, are a hypocrite, period. Yeah. It's hard. To, I mean, it's, it's obvious. You're a and, hypocrite. And you're I'll, a political activist. You, you know, you're not sincere. And I'm going to say this, and we're going to have to go. I can't wait till you and I can visit again and and longer on the phone. But here's the thing that you've got to understand, and Kevin, I want you to comment on this. Um, The fact that Planned Parenthood, they're in urban areas and in the inner city aborting, this is not an accident. The the abortion of black children, the unborn, that's just part of their business model. Part Part of the being tone deaf and just the silence... I mean, aborting black babies is highly lucrative for Planned Parenthood, and it's no accident yep. where they are and what they do, is it? Oh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, people say it's part of their business model. Alex, I want to correct you on this. Then when Margaret Sanger said, "I want, we want to fully exterminate the Negro population, that was the business model. So, so she went into business fundamentally and primarily to eliminate black, period, hard stop, end of story. She was the eugenicist, and that was her business model. Now, she realized she couldn't hold, she couldn't, she couldn't, she couldn't hang out her shingle and say, look, you know, come here, black, because I want to exterminate you. So she realized she had to round off her services by offering other types of family planning, quote unquote, and uh, other types of exams and things like that. And so, but her business model Front, back, center, hard stop, end of story was, I want to eliminate black, period. And so when people say, no, 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 Planned Parenthood still does great work, uh, when black plasters line up and say, no, leave Planned Parenthood alone, uh, excuse me, you want to understand what systemic racism is? I'm not going to listen to you say one word about systemic racism or racism in general until you stand with me and stand against this organization because they fully represent systemic racism. Fully. Wow. So, and, you know, you, and, you know, and every, all your listeners should do the same. Hold and, them and accountable. Every black pastor and everybody that wants to stand with Planned Parenthood uh, say, lose me then with all this racism talk, because you're not even sincere about looking at the issue. Wow. You know, it's such a misnomer to say family planning when uh, the BLM and Planned Parenthood is so anti-family and the Democrat Party, uh, you know, gay, lesbian, transgender, uh, polyamorous. I, I hear so much lunacy out there. The last thing on their mind is a traditional heterosexual monogamy, family. So family planning, family's not even in the equation. Kevin, we, we're out of time, my friend. Give us your website w- one more time. And, and I want to thank you. I want to encourage everybody to pray for you. And I look forward to uh, you and I can visit again soon. But give us your website, my friend. Yes, indeed, Alex. It's been a pleasure to be here. Our website is everyblm.com, everyblm.com. On the website, you go to our resources column. We have immediate resources that will make you a anti-CRT activist with uh, templated letters that you can immediately start to send out to school boards and 
city councils and that kind of thing, as well as resources for um, um, exemption letters and ivermectin and those types of things for COVID. So you can maintain your body autonomy and your body freedom as well. So all kinds of resources there. We have a partnership opportunity. So please become a partner and come alongside of us. Uh, we need the prayers. We need the support. Everyblm.com. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kevin. Well, Alex McFarland here. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network, and we're talking about biblical worldview and the culture. And again, I want to say, in case you're just tuning in, I hope you are praying for the situation in the Ukraine. And uh, goodness, all the reports coming out of there just are so heartbreaking. And, uh, you know, I'm praying for God to, as we say, rule and overrule uh, well, talking about the struggles, uh, Nina May. Uh, Nina, do we have you on the line now? Yes, I'm here. Thank you for holding. I really appreciate your time. I look forward sure, to speaking with you. Um, the spiritual battles of our time, and certainly there's been, I, I honestly believe, spiritual warfare regarding the coverage of January 6th. So, mm-hmm. so let's talk about that for a moment. In, introduce yourself and um, let, let's get into the subject at hand here, Nina, but welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, it, uh, I'm a producer, writer, director of Renaissance Women Productions. We do documentaries, movies, TV shows, and um, we've been following you know current events for years. We did a documentary called Emancipation, Revelation, Revolution, and the sequel, which is called Reparations, Who Should Pay?, we did this, these about 15 years ago when no one's really been talking about you know, systemic racism and, you know, uh, Americans being racist and on and on and on. And um, I think the Lord had me do it for such a time as this, because you know? mm-hmm. everyone is talking about it. And it sets the record straight on um, if anyone's going to be considered a racist, you have to look at the systemic racism of the Democratic Party and how they literally... Just the beginning of it. They started a war to divide the nation on the issue of slavery. They wanted to keep slavery legal, and the Republican Party was founded specifically as an abolitionist party. So my question to um, black Democrats is how in the world can you justify belonging to the party of slavery, of Jim Crow, of KKK, of opposition to the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment? How can you justify that while at the same time calling the Republicans racist? So we're trying to educate people and set the record straight. Well, we got a, a brief break, and then we'll dig down deeply in the conversation. Nina, uh, quickly, what's your website? ERRvideo.com. All right. Hey, folks, this is great. Good stuff. You know, I'm so excited about the thinkers and leaders and influencers God is raising up like Nina May. Stay tuned. We're back after this on the American Family Radio Network. Don't go away. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope. 
in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Aria is suffering for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Aria lives in the Middle East in a radical Muslim family. She accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a weekly Bible study and eventually received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She took her Bible study booklet home, hiding it in her room before her mother found it and gave it to her father. He beat young Aria nearly to death and called the officials to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they assaulted her and the Christian friend and eventually let them go. Now, these two women, they didn't grow bitter. They grew bold, and together they've seen hundreds come to Christ in the Middle East where it's nearly impossible to get a Bible. And that's why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleist believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Call 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word, or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. Here's some great news. If you miss the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. First Chronicles 12.32 speaks of the men of Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel ought to do. It's what we want to be. We want to be like those those Issacharians and discernment and understand the times. That's what would characterize us. Uh, Nina May is one such person. Nina, I want to thank you for holding. And uh, folks, uh, by the way, I want to mention AFR.net, the website. You can find the station in your area. And of course, the mobile, uh, the app for all mobile devices. You can listen to the great programming. I'll be back on this afternoon, 3 p.m. Central on Exploring the Word with Bert Harper. But um, Nina, uh, let's get back to what uh, we were talking about before the break, and I appreciate you so much. Uh, You you make documentaries. Uh, You're a a journalist, filmmaker. What what is your primary work? Well, it's it's been everything. Uh, We do TV shows, um, documentaries, narratives. Uh, The most recent movie that we did is a romantic comedy starring Corbin Burnson, Nancy Stafford, Stacey Dash. It's called First Lady. It was in theaters Mm -hmm. when COVID hit, and so we were sort of frozen in there. So we we do a lot of different things, and I do love the documentaries because, to me, a documentary is basically an animated or illustrated um, commentary, and I used to do a daily radio commentary, so that the narration part was easy, you know, the writing part. But then we thought, well, shoot, let's start putting pictures to it. And that basically is what a documentary is, is um, sure. sort of an illustrated commentary. So that was easy to do. 
and, I and you know I, it was not hard. <laughs> Um, the church has great opportunity for those that love God and country to communicate biblical worldview and even just the American, uh, the truth of our Constitution. I mean, the arts is so powerful to to mm-hmm. to communicate truth through, isn't it? And it's one in which the church yes. has not always um, done as well as we might. Yes, I totally agree. Instead of allowing. Uh, Hollywood sort of set the standard and, and changed the paradigm of what we think good entertainment is. We as believers who get out there and do it, you know, forget, um, you know, yelling at the darkness, just challenge the darkness with throwing some light at it. And that's what we try and do. So we provide an alternative so that everything we do, one of our our theories is everything we produce, everything we, we make and do and put out there is available for the whole family. So the entire family can always watch any of our projects together our products, mm-hmm. our productions, because um, <clears throat> when you start making things that only a handful of people can see or a handful of people should not see, then you start discriminating on truth and you start discriminating on even creativity. So we want it to be available to everyone. So, for example, First Lady, romantic comedy, it's, I think we, it's PG, PG or something like that, but it's not... Um, it's not for children, if you know what I'm trying to say. It's sure, an sure. adult movie for the whole family. So it's it's very sophisticated and a lot of fun and uh, some really wonderful world messages in there. So it's not a, a cartoon. So we don't want to ha- put people off that are adults going, well, I don't want to see a kid's movie. <laughs> you know? So it's a fine line we have to walk. You know, walk mm-hmm. So we keep it interesting for adults, but allow kids to see it and learn from it. Um, I want to talk about January 6th. Now, um, you, you were there. You you were there filming, right. right? Yes, we had a film crew down there, yes. Uh, and you, you talk about the fact that uh, four permits, at least four permits, were issued to groups that day, allowing them to protest at the Capitol. Um, the left has construed January 6th to mean that uh, Republicans, conservatives, were trying to, quote, overthrow our democracy. Uh, you were there. Uh, what What's the real story of January 6th, Nina? Well, uh, just a little backstory. We're from the Northern Virginia area, and I've been covering uh, marches on the Mall and, and the Capitol and everything for over 30 years. And I've seen it all. And it's all exactly what I saw that day, where people start at one point. They rally at a, an area, usually the, the steps of the Capitol. They all give their speeches, and then they're released to go into the Capitol and to the House office buildings, the Senate office buildings, and lobby their their congressmen for whatever the issue is that they're doing. This happens all the time. Every mm-hmm. single permit that is issued, issued by the um, Park Services, mm-hmm. knows that this, that this happens. And so they validated these groups going in there saying, we want to have, you know, a few thousand here, a few thousand there, whatever. And again, they did issue the permits. So are they considered co-conspirators? Mayor Bowser put up on her website a suggested route for people to come in, avoid these streets, try and go on these streets, park here, park there. So is she considered a, a co-conspirator on this whole thing, too? No, it's not. This is just the standard. So the reason they have to change the narrative is because what they're saying happened did not happen. And there were so many inconsistencies with what we were actually seeing and what we were told later by the powers that be, the, the media or whatever that was covering it. They, I've got to ask you this. 
do, do you sure. feel like the you know the prevalent narrative even among like um black christian friends that i have that are that are leaders i mean they believe that january 6 was you know the the white power block trying to seize the government uh is the narrative set in concrete or is it fluid enough that the truth could still come out yeah there are enough people that were there think about this i and i say this all the time every person with a phone is a reporter because you can take pictures of whatever you're seeing, you write up your little narrative, you send it out to your list. So there were close to 2 million people there that day. So that means 2 million reporters were there. And by and large, 99% that were there were getting exactly the same footage of a peaceful crowd, people singing God Bless America and even Amazing Grace and chanting USA. There was no violence from our perspective. And we had about 20 people around the Capitol, and we were all texting each other in real time. Well, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? What are you seeing? And it was so peaceful. In fact, when we got back to a townhouse that we were staging from, that was right behind the Supreme Court, first thing we, we saw when we came in was the TV reporting what we had just seen, and it was not what we'd seen. And I said, that can't be happening. I even put, got some binoculars. I'm looking at what they're saying is live on TV, and it was not. It was a lie. So I said, I got to walk back over there because what they're saying is happening is not happening. Now, here's the interesting thing. If what they were saying happened with, you know, gunfire and, you know, destruction in the Capitol and on and on and on was actually happening, the the streets would have been locked down. You would have heard tons of sirens. You would have had ambulances and EMP and and, uh, the the Capitol Hill police blocking everyone from going in there. That wasn't happening at all. At 3 o'clock, I'm walking back over. The Capitol Hill police are just kind of standing there calmly. You got people with their waving their Trump flags and their American flags and stuff. There was not one siren. There was not one policeman. No one was stopping anyone from doing anything. There were no barriers. There was nothing. In fact, I got a, a 360 view standing right there at the corner of it was Constitution and First, where it's the back, the back corner of the Capitol. There was right. not a policeman. There was not a soul walking. It was like a ghost town. And so to see what they say they said happened on TV and to see what was really happening there, we've got footage of it, is so incongruent. It just doesn't make any sense. So we went quickly went back and we pulled all our footage together, about four hours of footage, to put together a quick 15-minute um, piece from our perspective showing what we saw happen. So it gave people another perspective of what they were seeing in the media. The interesting thing is the fellow that shot the footage of Ashley Babbitt being shot he signed a contract at 10 o'clock that morning uh, for a lot of money with two of the major networks saying that he would get pictures of the violence that was going to happen. I mean, president didn't even start talking till what, noon. And this right. was two hours before he's writing a contract about getting the, the footage of the violence that's going to be in the Capitol. Now, that sounds like an insurrection to me right there. Is that man in jail? No, he's not in jail. You know, he got out of what a free get out of jail free card or whatever they call it. So, you know, there's a lot of inconsistencies. And the reason they have to keep screaming at the top of their lungs that this was racist and all Republicans are racist and blah, blah, blah. And, and it, on was, it was a coup attempt. It, it, was, it was a coup attempt on their part. It was right. not a coup attempt on the part of the Republicans. The Republicans just wanted to come in and say, we want to see the records set straight. Because everyone, everyone 
knew that cheating was going on. We've got it. We've seen it documented. Everything from them putting up the papers on the window so that the the poll watchers couldn't see what was going on to Mm -hmm. them running the the ballots through the counter down in in Georgia after they shut it down, lying about the fact that there was flooding. There was no flooding. In fact, I remember calling a friend in in Georgia at the time. They said, oh, we had to get rid of, pull everyone out because of the, the flooding. I said, is there really flooding in that building? And so they tracked it down and they said, no, there's not flooding in the building. We have no idea why they shut everyone out and moved everyone. This on and on and on all across the country. So everyone knows it. It's kind of like the elephant in the room. That yeah. everyone, if you point out the elephant in the room, you're a bad person. Well, so, we've got so to point Nina, out the I've got to. Um, when will your documentary bringing these facts to light about January 6th and the alleged coup, the riot of January 6th? Uh, when will your film come out? Well, we made it available almost immediately, like that day, the next day when we, we finished editing, <clears throat> to all of our lists, and it's password protected because we wanted to make sure that it didn't get in the hands of the wrong people and they could distort what the truth was. So that's how we still have it. Uh, so if people send a request into errvideo.com, we can send them the, uh, the video with the password, and we change the password all the time because uh, we... The thing is, if we don't have a password protected, it's going to be taken down off the platform that it's on, because we know how that works. I'm not going to yeah. say which platform it's on, <laughs> so sure, sure. people can't find it. And we, yeah. we've actually got it on some of the new platforms that are more conservative, but again, it's still uh, password protected. E-R-R as we, in we want to protect the e- Ephesians, Revelation, Revelation, Revelation. Revolution. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and that's the the original documentary that we did about the history of racism in America, the history of the civil rights movement in America, I should say. Um, did you do uh, a, a documentary on reparations? Yes, that's the sequel to ERR. It's called Reparations, Who Should Pay? And the bottom line of that, and that's a short one, that's only about 20 minutes, so that's worth getting and watching because it really educates people about what the history of racism in America is. And I'm telling you, if there's go- going to be a, a panel discussion or a hearing, congressional hearing, on the issue of reparations, which I think there should be, they're going to have to tack that bill up to the door of the Democrat National Committee because it was a Democrat party that has divided this nation, continues to divide this nation on the issue of race. And the conflict in, in America has always been about freedom versus oppression, all the way back to the revolution. So what we try and do is encourage people to learn what their history is, learn um what the facts are, at least even know. Republicans don't even know that the party was founded as an abolitionist party just 11 years before, um, it was 54, 11 years before the end of the Civil War. So you're thinking, oh my gosh, that's really amazing how quickly it was formed. But they were passionate about it. And guess what? The Republican Party was founded by white people because the blacks at that time were either enslaved or they did not have a voice or did not have a platform. So the people that formed the party said, this is wrong. God does not want us treating our brothers like this. And they were willing to die in a war to ensure that they were set free. But the minute they, the war was over, the Democrat Party went right back into their oppressive standard, their impressive um, mode against not just blacks, but pretty much everyone. They formed the KKK in 1866. Mm-hmm. The KKK is a terrorist arm of the Democrat Party. It yeah. all the way up until Robert Byrd died and was eulogized by both Barack Obama and Joe Biden. So they uh, exactly. back on their 
they, they, they are part of that KKK. Yet somehow the Republicans, not being educated enough on their own party, don't know that they can turn that back on a Democrat and say, why do you belong to the party of the KKK? Why do you belong to the party of Jim Crow? Why do you belong to the party that was willing to divide this nation in a war to keep slavery alive? And that's what the party is. But again, if you don't know the truth, it can't be it can't set you free if you don't know it. And, so and do you, do you know what? Another reason we just think, yeah. Nina, another conversation we'll have to unpack another day. I was uh, president of a school in Charlotte, North Carolina, major, huge metropolitan area, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Listen, I know this firsthand because I lived down there for uh, almost eight years. Uh, The KKK is alive and well in Atlanta and Charlotte among Mm -hmm. very wealthy Democrat business leaders. And that perhaps another conversation for another day. But, uh, you know, um, I I, want to say how much I appreciate the work that you're doing. And folks, go to ERR video. Uh, Do I have that right? ERR, as in Ephesians, Revelation, Revelation, (laughs) ERRvideo.com. Yes. Yes. And then you can see uh, links to all of our other projects, too. But that one specifically is about the issue of racism in America. So well, our, our, our Constitution hangs in the balance, but folks, uh, you can make a difference just like Nina May is doing. And uh, hey, I look forward to when you and I can visit again, uh, Nina. Uh, folks, uh, Alex McFarlane here on the American Family Radio Network talking about culture, worldview, and our future. Because listen, to a degree, it's in our hands. You can make a difference, and God will equip you to do that. I'll be back on at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock. I'm sorry, 3 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Eastern, exploring the word, Bert Harper and I. And uh, folks, make it a great day. And remember, you can discern the times. You can make a difference. First Chronicles 1232, like the men of Issachar, to know what we ought to do. May God bless you and use you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.